All right. This is the Fantasy Football Early Bird Special. No listeners in here yet, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, get on with what I've got planned here. This is a fantasy football. Well, it's a, it's a live room here, a locker room live app. Uh, I'm going to be breaking down the slate of the NFL uh, for fantasy football purposes this weekend. And I'm going to be giving some suggestions, talking about some news. We've had a bunch of news break. Uh, a little bit about myself. I am a fantasy football writer for the Fantasy Footballers podcast, if you've heard of them. I've been doing that for about two years. And I also have my own separate podcast, uh, the Process Fantasy Football Podcast, which you can find on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you find them. So that's uh, what I'm about. And as I said, uh, my goal here today is to hopefully have some discussions and talk about anything related to fantasy football for the upcoming weekend. That could be uh, start and sit calls you got to make, some waiver calls maybe, if you've got trades pending, if you even have uh, dynasty fantasy football questions. I've been getting into that a lot more lately. DFS, uh, big into DFS, lots of interesting ways to go with that this weekend. Uh, even player props. Player props have been getting super popular lately, and I'm starting to do more of that. So as anybody shows up, uh, you can definitely put questions in the discussion tab, or, or you can request to speak, and we can, we can talk it out. In fact, this is live, but I'm going to go ahead and post this to Twitter right now, um, see if anybody else shows up when I do that. And then I'm going to get talking into some of my favorite plays of the week. Uh, some of the stuff that I've really been focusing on and uh, also some of the players I'm trying to avoid this week. Uh, but right off the top, have to talk about this Cam Newton COVID thing that came down today because that is really just sort of throwing up a bomb into the NFL week uh, as if it wasn't already kind of messed up enough with the, the Titans and the Steelers getting pushed back and the Titans still keep getting more and more positives. So they're off the slate this week. Uh, but it sounds like the Chiefs and the Patriots, they're going to try to play it on Tuesday. But if you have any players in your lineups from those teams, you've got to have backup plans because we could see more tests coming in the next couple of days. And then you're stuck on an island with those guys if they don't play. So you really need a backup plan. Maybe uh, commissioners, I would really suggest having some rule, rules in place to allow for uh, backup players for anybody in the Chiefs. Uh, or the Patriots, but you'd have to make sure they uh, they submit those officially uh, before the Sunday games kick off because you don't want to have any second guessing there or putting players in uh, that score the best, obviously. You got to declare earlier than that. Uh, also, the Chiefs apparently had a, a positive test too, their injured or not injured uh, practice squad quarterback. So I don't know. The game is very much up in the air. But anyways, let's talk about some of the uh, players that I really like this week from a fantasy football perspective. And one of my favorite plays is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Good old Fitzmagic himself is going to be going up against Seattle this week. And Seattle has been just giving up fantasy points like crazy in the passing game, both to quarterbacks and to wideouts. So we could see a very classic Fitzpatrick high scoring game here. I have him ranked uh, as of right now as, as my quarterback 12 on the week. So definitely a startable asset. 
Uh, he was quarterback 13 until this Cam, Cam Newton news came down, so that bumped him back into the QB1 discussion. In fact, I've got a league where I just uh, – where I had Cam Newton. Fitzpatrick was still out there on the waiver wire, so I made that transaction this morning for sure. Um, let's see. Yeah, the last two weeks even, he's been really good. He was the quarterback 11 against Buffalo. Buffalo was a very good defense, as we know. And he was the quarterback six against Jacksonville just last week. So he's going to keep slinging it. He's going to have to keep up with Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson, who is just cooking. I don't see him slowing down against Miami. There's always the risk that we get uh, a multiple interception Fitzpatrick game, but that doesn't really kill you in most fantasy football scoring uh, uh, scoring uh, scoring systems. That's what I'm trying to say here. Because if an interception is only minus two, a touchdown's four, and if he throws for 300-plus yards, and he does kind of have some sneaky running ability, too. He's Even in that old age, he's not afraid to lower his shoulder and run over people. So he could run one in like he did last week. So Fitzpatrick, one of my favorite quarterback plays for sure. Well, let's see. We got some stuff in the discussion. Would a Tuesday game count for this week or next week? I think it would be a week four game. So as far as I'm aware, most platforms are having a count for week four still. Um, but the crazy thing is that there's no guarantee it plays. You know, they initially were going to say that the Pittsburgh-Tennessee game was going to be Tuesday, uh, and then that kept getting pushed back. But, yeah, to answer that question, everything I've seen says that a Tuesday game would be for week four. That gets even crazier then because if you're uh, a league where your waiver wire runs on a Tuesday night, that's, you know, risk of injuries and stuff like that, staying up late to watch that game and go from there. Lots of implications. Um, yeah, so anyways, what I was saying, Fitzpatrick was a, is a great play, and if he does have a bunch of interceptions, I think that uh, it could lead to opening the door for Tua, the, the next generation quarterback in Miami. Yeah, you're welcome, Gonzalo. Uh, okay, so yeah, anyways, uh, stash Tua, if, if you're in a deep league, Tua might be coming up sooner than later. I, I saw he just popped up as questionable this week. I guess he's illness or he has an illness, but the, the head coach, I think it was the head coach, came out, Flores, and said that it's not COVID-related, which makes sense because I think if it was COVID-related, he would go on to the COVID list, which did not happen. Um, another quarterback I really like this week, uh, maybe not nearly as much, I guess, but, but Gardner Minshew, I think, I think good old mustachio, jorts wearing, Gardner Minshew bounces back a little bit this week. It was a bad week last week. But DJ Shark, as far as I'm aware, is back. Uh, Cincinnati is where he's playing against, and they do not have a, a formidable defense by any means. And this could be kind of another sneaky shootout game because the Bengals have no problem passing the ball. I think Joe Burrow might lead the NFL in pass attempts right now. So this game has kind of sneaky shootout potential, and I think Gardner is going to be a very playable asset. Uh, I've got him ranked as my quarterback 13 on the week. So it's a couple quarterbacks you can play a little bit deeper uh, outside of the usual top guys. Uh, I'm going to talk about running backs a little bit next. Um, a guy that has been getting all the fantasy hate lately, kind of deservedly so, is, is Joe Mixon. And I actually really liked Mixon to kind of bounce back or kind of break out this 
this week in that same Jacksonville game. Now, all of a sudden, there's this chest injury that's popping up. So I knock him down in my rankings a little bit. But he's been a guy that's played through injuries before. So the guy is just too talented not to be good. I was looking this up the other day. So he's been averaging uh, 7.9 fantasy points per game so far this season through the first three games, which is not a lot. It's pretty poor, uh, you know, to be be honest. Uh, But last year, in his first three games, he averaged 7.8 fantasy points per game. So pretty much the exact same. And that was actually his average through the first seven games. And then he nearly doubled that down the home stretch. So I don't know if it's a slow start thing or just a a game script thing. But if you have Joe Mixon and you're tempted, first of all, do not drop him. Uh, But if you're tempted to trade him, don't trade him on the cheap because I think that the breakout is coming. In fact, I think he's a good trade for candidate because you could probably get him for a relatively low cost right now because whoever has him on their roster might be just looking to to dump him right now at this point and get anything in return. So you could be able to get a very solid running back and a nice trade, nice trade offer. Uh, Some two other, two other guys I want to talk about, three other guys, I guess, but these next two are running backs that were completely undrafted and off the radar at the beginning of the season. And they're both running backs that I think you can start not only this game, but I think they're going to, be startable fantasy assets for the long haul. Uh, that's James Robinson uh, in Jacksonville and then Miles Gaskin in Miami. So start with Robinson first because I have him a bit higher. I've got James Robinson. He's actually my running back 12 right now this re- this week, which seems kind of crazy high, but you know, he's been he's been balling out. He's been putting up the numbers and Jacksonville at least as of now, doesn't have anybody else other than Chris Thompson. And Chris Thompson, they just it's pretty clear he's not going to be the guy they want to hand the ball off to. He's coming in on passing plays and passing situations. But Robinson's been all right catching the ball, too, uh, in, in games. So I have Robinson ranked this week uh, over Joe Mixon, just by one spot, I believe. I've got him ranked over, well, James Conner is not ranked anymore. He was over James Conner. I've got him over Todd Gurley, and I've got him over David Johnson. And not that there's anything wrong with those guys, but like I said, James Robinson is getting all the work, and he's been effective with it. And again, Cincinnati's defense, not anything to be afraid of. Miles Gaskin, not as high on him. And man, Miles Gaskin, after week one, that came out of nowhere. He supposedly on the roster bubble in Miami to begin the season. So, uh, yeah, I picked him up in a couple of dynasty leagues. He was available, which was crazy. I I blew a fair amount of my, my fab on him, but I was, I'm okay with it because he came through and he's, let's see, uh, on the season, he has 38 carries, uh, which by far and away leads the Dolphins. The next closest is uh, Jordan Howard with 16. So Gaskin's got more than twice as many as him. And uh, Matt Breda has 15. So he's got more than both of them combined. The only thing that's scary is that he is not getting the ball around the goal line. That's been all Jordan Howard. So Gaston's going to have to score either through the air or he's going to have to break one, you know, over 10 or 15 yards to get into the end zone, which is possible, but he's getting that volume and the passing game stuff too. That is a, a way he can score. He's third on the team in targets. He has 16 targets on the year. Uh, Mike Isicki has 19 and uh, Devontae Parker has 17. So he's just one behind Parker. There's going to be points put up in this Miami Seattle game. 
at least there's going to be by Seattle. <laughs> so if Miami wants to stay in it, they're going to have to pass the ball. And that, you know, feeds right into the Gaskin doing some stuff through the air. So, yep. And then uh, another running back farther down the list, but I think has a, a sneaky good play if you're, uh, you know, looking for somebody that you need to put into your lineup. You know, Derrick Henry obviously not playing this week. James Conner not playing this week. We don't know what's going on with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We're not sure. Well, the Patriots, we don't know anyways what to do with their running backs ever. But but uh, a nice fill-in guy, Latavius Murray for the Saints. So Alvin Kamara obviously is the, the top fantasy running back there, and he's getting um, a lot of points. He's I've, I've got him ranked as my running back two on the week, I think. Yeah, uh, for Kamara, I got him two. So... He's a smash play, as usual. But Latavius Murray actually has outcarried him in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's only got one fewer carry than Kamara on the season. He's going to be the between-the-tackles grinded guy because uh, Kamara is basically going to have to be a wide receiver at this point because Michael Thomas, they've ruled him out still, and now Jared Cook's ruled out. So, yeah, Kamara is going to be on the field catching the ball, but Latavius Murray will be out there, I think, too. Uh, and he's, you know, the the short yardage guy, the end zone guy, the goal line guy, and just he's going to get his carries. Plus, it should be should be a positive uh, game script for the Saints going up against the Lions. The Lions have not looked good this year, so and they've not been good against running backs specifically. Uh, let me look this up really quick against running backs. Detroit is, yeah, they've given up the. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh most fantasy points to running backs. So very uh, positive matchup. The Saints aren't going to be putting the ball in the air, but hopefully they're going to have a lead and they can get Murray probably somewhere in that 14 to 18 carries, maybe get into the end zone once, maybe twice. So you can start him. And then last for the running backs, I want to quick uh, mention Leonard Fournette, kind of a surprise that he's somewhere along the line. I'm not sure if it was the game or practice, but he messed up his ankle. He's out for at least a week. It sounds like more. Uh, he's had ankle injuries in the past. So all of a sudden, Ronald Jones becomes a, a guy you got to start if, you, if you're in need of a running back, or you definitely can start. He's going to get the volume. And a sort of a sneaky stash in redraft leagues. Uh, if, you, if you have room on your bench, Keyshawn Vaughn, he – Obviously has done almost nothing so far this season, but head coach Bruce Arians came out and said something kind of cryptic about his time is coming soon or something like that. So maybe he's a stash, you know, Leonard Fournette has had injury problems. Uh, Some wide receivers. So one of the guys that I touted all off season, if you follow any of my work on the fantasy footballers uh, articles that I write for them, DJ Moore I touted him all off season. He was, I own him. And I think every dynasty league that I'm in and he's been a little disappointing so far, at least his overall fantasy points, which is really what we're basing this whole game off of, right? Fantasy points. Uh, but his fantasy points have been disappointing so far, uh, but he does lead the Panthers in targets. And if you look at some of the next gen stats, he has 49% of the Panthers targeted air yards which means where the how deep the pass attempts are when he's being targeted 
that's with Robbie Anderson on the team. He still has 49% of the entire team's air yard. So he's getting these deep shots. He is a super talented receiver. Uh, and he is, he's still, I believe, the ninth most targeted wide receiver in the NFL. The problem is he hasn't gotten into the end zone yet. It's kind of been a problem for his entire career. But he does have uh, three end zone targets this year, which I think is one of the higher numbers in the NFL. So that is like he is literally in the end zone when he's been targeted. So that's a good sign. I think the breakout is coming. Hopefully it's coming this week against Arizona. There should be a lot of points put up in that game. So DJ Moore, I've got him ranked as my wide receiver 12 on on the uh, the week. And I think that he could absolutely just smash this week and it would make me feel a lot better after all the uh, hyping up I did of him this offseason. So uh, another one, I've talked about this game a bunch already, the, the Dolphins-Seahawks game. And, um, you know, every Seahawk uh, is worth starting. So that's, that's pretty obvious. Russell Wilson, Lockett, and uh, DK Metcalf, definitely huge starts. What do we got over here? Uh, Ethan, I've got Nuck and Devontae. If one of them doesn't play Sunday, should I go with Gallup or Brown? I would go with Gallup there because I guess John Brown is a little bit dinged up as well. He, I think, left last game early, and he was untargeted. So I would go with Gallup there. Gallup's, he finally had a good week last week. The, the thing you got to worry about a little bit here is Devontae Adams doesn't play until Monday. So you gotta, might have to make that choice before. The good thing is that um, Devontae's been trending in the right direction. I don't know if an actual designation has been made. I don't think it has yet for him. I think he's questionable, perhaps, but he's been practicing. I saw a video clip on Twitter from uh, Rob Domofsky, who is, I think, their ESPN beat reporter. And it looked like he was running in practice. You know, it wasn't a full sprint, but he was looking smooth, catching passes. So, um, Obviously, I've got them. Let me check my rankings. I have. I've got Devante as my number. Actually, I've got got Hopkins as my number one. Uh, And I've got Devante as number two. Those are two awesome options. But, man, are they questionable. Hopkins has been, he's been known to, to not practice and then come out and play just fine. Uh, Devante, same kind of thing. Uh, if they're if they're active, you're you're playing those guys. But uh, in a roundabout way, you know, actually give you a, or to restate the answer to this question that you originally asked. Um, if we know for sure one of them is out, I would definitely go with Gallup, just because of the health and it is a good matchup. They should be able to do almost whatever they want against Cleveland. Cleveland's defense is not scary. So. Thanks for the question. Absolutely. Um, okay. Let me go back to where I was talking about Parker. Uh, oh, I'm not sure I ever got to say his name, but Devonte Parker, I think is another, if, if Fitzpatrick has a big game, like I'm expecting, then Devonte Parker is probably going to be the number one beneficiary there. Uh, he was hampered by a hamstring injury too, just like about a dozen other NFL <laughs> top fantasy receivers have been but he unlike some of the other guys played through it he didn't miss any time you could tell in that Thursday night game uh, a week and a half ago that he was hampered by it but he played and he still did all right and it was a Thursday night game so he's had 
10 days to get better now. And the Seahawks are giving up an ungodly amount of points to wide receivers. They are allowing 60 fantasy points per game to wide receivers across the, you know, the multiple receivers on a team, 60. Uh, the next closest is like, is around 40 by Dallas. That's a huge difference. So I think Devontae Parker, you have to play him this week. And I think you can play Preston Williams as well. Uh, Preston Williams, the Dolphins' other receiver, uh, is, is definitely in play. And then, of course, at tight end, Mike Isicki, who actually has the most targets on the Dolphins, and he's listed as a tight end. But he is practically uh, not much more than a big slot receiver who's listed as a tight end. So those guys are all good. Uh, down the list a little farther, T. Higgins is a receiver I like. You know, the Bengals have made it pretty clear that he is going to be uh, very involved. And you can see he's already got a relationship going with Joe Burrow. Uh, Higgins has the, the most snaps. I think he put the most snaps of all Bengals receivers last week. And his snaps and his targets have gone up every week of the season. They don't even have John Ross active anymore, or at least they didn't last week. Uh, A.J. Green doesn't look like he is what he used to be. He still might be the number two option on that team behind Boyd. But, man, Higgins, he's a rookie. He's talented. And he's a guy you can play. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 38 on the, on the week. So, again, he's not a must play. But in a lot of leagues where you have flex options or where maybe you're a little deeper and you're starting three receivers, he's definitely in play in those leagues. Uh, another guy, Greg Ward for the Philadelphia Eagles, a guy that you know kind of gets the last two years has been written off and then all of a sudden super relevant again because everybody on the Eagles is just hurt. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, it sounds like he's out for a while now with his hamstring. Jalen Rager had that thumb injury that put him out for, I think it's like six to eight weeks. Dallas Goddard is hurt now. Alshon Jeffrey still isn't back. Even J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is, is injured and wasn't practicing. So I think it was in Friday's practice. Greg Ward was literally the only uh, active roster receiver that practiced. So Greg Ward is going to get thrown the ball. He had 11 targets last week, which was... The, uh, the first time in his career, he was double digits. 11 targets is nothing, <laughs> nothing to ignore. So he's, especially if you have any kind of PPR, half PPR, or even if it's full point per reception, especially, you can play him. It's a tough matchup against San Francisco, but they're going to have to throw the ball. And, and you know, Wentz hasn't been good. I don't like Wentz uh, this week or the next couple of weeks because the schedule is tough for those guys uh, in Philly. But you can play Greg Ward. Uh, so yeah, those are some of the receivers that I'm, I'm really liking this week. Going on to tight end position, which is just as, as messy as it always seems to be for tight ends. Uh, I don't have a list in front of me, but some of the top 10 tight ends last week, uh, Robert Tanyan, Jimmy Graham, Mo Alley-Cox, you know, just like we always expect from the tight end position, we don't know what to expect. But uh, staying in Philadelphia, Zach Ertz is, he might get 20 targets this game. Uh, you know, he's been the Eagles' top receiving option for quite a while. And now he's kind of, along with Greg Ward, their only option. So I'm not worried again about that tough San Francisco matchup because, first of all, Ertz is one of the top five most talented tight ends in the league. So, you know, no worries there. And he's going to just get funneled targets. Uh, in the same game, George Kittle is, uh, you know, I think there was some quote that came out and said that he is 
uh, ready, he's full go. I think that was a quote. Is either from him or the staff saying Kittle is full go. So he's you know got injured and he left um, a couple of weeks ago. The the Niners actually played back to back games at MetLife Stadium in New York, which is an odd scheduling thing. And even if you've been if you've been following injuries, uh, that field has been uh, you know just uh, horrendous for injuries. So it makes sense that the Niners were really safe about it and did not play him last week on that, you know, kind of a dangerous field at this point. But now they're back home. He's got, he's had some time to rest that, that knee sprain. So he should be all good to go at this point. And he is, you know, one of the best tight ends in the league. And he has been for a while Uh, in the tight end rankings. I have, so Kelsey, (laughs) I hadn't even processed this before. Kelsey's my number one, but man, now you're not sure what to do with him just because we don't know about this game that is supposed to be played on Tuesday night. Uh, so if you have Kelsey, I think you got to play him, but man, you need a backup plan. So anyways, what I was saying, my tight end two on the week, I've got Mark Andrews against Washington. Andrews is just too good. Uh, Baltimore might blow that game out, but in the process of blowing that game out, they could score, you know, three or four touchdowns right away in the first half, and Andrews could get two of them. Uh, and then Zach Ertz, like I was saying, is my tight end three, and George Kittle is my tight end four. Honestly, Kittle would probably be one or two if he hadn't gone through this little uh, scary knee injury. So a little bit deeper down, some guys I like at tight end. Uh, TJ Hawkinson I really like. He obviously, he's got the draft capital. He's very talented. He's had some flashes of good fantasy games. Uh, it hasn't been a huge fantasy performer this year, but if you kind of follow the trends of what's happening, he seems like he should be just ready to break out. His um, percentage of time on the field, he was on the field for 66% of the snaps in week one, then 80% in week two, 88% in week three. So he barely came off the field. There's a lot of wide receivers that don't get 88% of the snaps. So that's a good trend. He also had a season high in the amount of routes that he ran last week with 31. So he's not just staying in and blocking either. He is part of the passing game. He had seven targets last week, also a season high. Uh, There is a stat that I saw posted on Twitter about, uh, so there have been four tight ends this season that have at least four catches and at least 50 yards in the first three weeks of the season. They are Travis Kelsey, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, and TJ Hawkinson. So he seems to have that nice safe floor built in too, where you can definitely start him. And he's not going to just disappear and give you nothing. I mean, let's be honest, he's a tight end and it seems like that can happen to any tight end, but he is about as safe as it comes. Uh, Also to make this even a little bit sweeter, he is playing against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are giving up the most fantasy points to tight ends so far this season. In fact, let me look the actual stat up real quick. They are giving up 22.4 fantasy points uh, to tight ends per game on the season. So far, they played Tampa Bay. That was in week one when Gronk and Howard you know, weren't very much involved. I believe O.J. Howard had a touchdown that week. Week two, they played... The Las Vegas Raiders, that was Darren Waller. I think he had like 16 or 17 targets that week and just went bananas. So, And then uh, last week, they played the Packers. 
the Packers, I mean, how many people can name the Packers one tight end, uh, let alone they have three tight ends catching passes. They had Robert Tanyan, who I'll talk about in a minute too. Uh, they had Jay Sternberger catching passes. I think Mercedes Lewis caught some passes still hanging around. So yeah, I think that Hawkinson, definitely a good play. Uh, I just alluded to it. Robert Tanyan, he's, he's the Packers starting tight end. You know, he was kind of a guy that was just uh, a practice squad roster, kind of forgotten about guy, but everybody was all you know excited for Jace Sternberger. Uh, lost most of his rookie year athletic tight end, but Tanyan's outplaying him. Tanyan's the guy. It's pretty clear. He's got touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. They play the Falcons this week who are right behind the Saints. They've given up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. So I'm not saying like he's a must play. I've got him as my tight end 14 on the week, but you can definitely, you know, roll him out there. If you, if you have a tight end that you need to play, or if you're struggling to find a tight end. And I, I really like him in DFS. Uh, if you're, if you're into DFS, he's, a, I think a, a great kind of sneaky play that, that game, the, um, it's a Monday night game. So I guess, most DFS, it's a little bit harder to get Monday night guys in there. But if you're looking in the showdown slates or the single game slates, I mean, he's definitely, definitely viable. Um, so, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to look up, that, that Monday night game. The over-under in that game, I think it's the highest on the week. Uh, yeah, last I checked, 56 and a half point over-under. So the Packers have a implied team total of 32 points in that game, highest on the week. So... If they score 32 points, there's a good chance that Tanyan is doing something productive, especially against Atlanta's defense. Last tight end I want to throw out as kind of a dart throw, deep play. Um, if you're desperate or if you're really looking to kind of supercharge a DFS lineup with a, a, a dart shot, uh, Adam Troutman, rookie tight end for the New Orleans Saints. So very, very talented, very raw guy. He played at a small school. He's a rookie. So, you know, those tight ends aren't usually very productive as rookies. But um, Jared Cook, kind of surprisingly, is all of a sudden out. And Michael Thomas is out. And not all the passes can go to Alvin Kamara. I mean, let's be fair, a lot of them can. But it's not going to be 100%. Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, they'll be in theirs too. But Troutman, Troutman could easily you know, get three catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. And in this NFL fantasy football landscape for tight ends, that's going to be a very usable tight end performance. You know, he's been getting on the field. He played 52% of snaps last week. And I think it was pretty clear during that game that uh, Jared Cook was injured or at least struggling. So, but he got on the field and he did, okay. He caught a couple passes, 17 yards. If he can get two more passes and a touchdown, super usable there. All right. And then I do like talking about uh, defenses. You know, know, a lot of, a lot can be made with a a streaming, a defense, Uh, defense slash special teams is what they are in a lot of fantasy formats. Uh, I know a lot of, a lot of leagues have gotten rid of them. Uh, I am in way too many fantasy leagues, but I would say about half of them have gotten rid of uh, defenses, but about half of them still have them. And I know they're kind of the standard thing. So a couple that I want to just talk about, uh, the Rams defense, if they're available, uh, you know, when I checked this early in the week, this was before waivers, they were owned in 55% of Yahoo leagues. 
And then when I looked on Thursday morning, so after waivers had run in, in uh, most leagues, probably hopefully every league, and they were up to 79% owned. So obviously they got picked up by a lot of people, but 21% of leagues, they would still be available. And, and they should just absolutely smash against the Giants. The Giants have been so bad. Uh, I mean, it doesn't help that they're losing. First of all, they lost Saquon Barkley, arguably the most talented running back in the NFL. Sterling Shepard's hurt. And then Daniel Jones has not shown any of those good flashes like he did last year. Last year, he was good and bad, up and down. This year, he's kind of just been, it's, it's a small sample size, but he's been down. He's got six turnovers already in the first three games. So in a, you know, in a, a defense for fantasy, that's what you want to look for is turnovers and sacks. And Daniel Jones will give up turnovers and a guy like Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball, he's going to get sacks. So if you can, if you can find the Rams defense, if they're available, oh, they are, I have them ranked as my number two fantasy defense this week. Uh, one more, the Seattle Seahawks defense. This is, again, this is one of those things in fantasy football. You might say, well, this is supposed to be a shootout. Miami might, the Seattle defense has been terrible. Miami might score 30, 40 points in this game. Yeah, that's true. They also have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who might throw two, three, four interceptions. He's done it before. And if he's throwing to keep up with Seattle, which he probably will have to be doing, every time he throws the ball, I, oh, whose quote is this? This is an old coaching quote from some former NFL coach who did not like to pass the ball. And he said, when you drop back to pass, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. And I think it was, uh, you know, a completed pass is good, an incomplete pass is bad, and an interception is bad. I would throw in there that a sack is bad, too, obviously. So you want to look for those, even if it's a high-scoring game. If you can find a quarterback that's going to be possibly throwing picks and getting sacked, that's a defense you want to target. So I don't have their ownership percentage in front of me, but I can't imagine Seattle's uh, very highly owned in, in fantasy football because they are they have not been good in real football. But again, you know, a pick six to the house can definitely swing it the other direction. All right. Um, you know, as you're all listening, definitely feel free to put stuff in the discussion here. If you have questions you want to, you want answered, or, you know, if you want to come up on the, on the stage, if you will, and uh, talk something out, definitely let me know. I'm going to, in a minute or two here, probably go over just a couple players that I'm avoiding before we wrap this thing up. But I'm definitely, you know, that's the kind of the cool thing about this, this uh, locker room. And why I'm so excited about doing this is because we're able to get that interaction. So uh, as I'm talking, do not feel bad to interrupt. I'd rather talk over some, some live stuff than just kind of keep rambling on over my stuff. But I can do that, too. That's, uh, that's all good as well. So throw stuff in there. Or, uh, let me know if there's something you want to go over. Okay, some guys that I am uh, kind of avoiding this week. Uh, I'll give context. They're not all going to be complete must-not plays, but it's kind of like I would rather not play. So I alluded to it a little bit earlier. Carson Wentz has been really bad this year, like surprisingly bad, because he was one of my favorite guys coming into the season, and it just hasn't hasn't been there. And now he, they're going to San Francisco, so a long, long road trip and a tough matchup. Niners defense, even though they've 
lost some guys. They're not what they used to be. They're still definitely formidable. Uh, Wentz put up some decent fantasy numbers last week against Cincinnati, but it was kind of because he ran that one in and, you know, it wasn't a good real football game. So if you have Wentz on your fantasy roster, he's a full drop for me. Like I'm totally fine. Just, cutting ties and moving on. If um, it's one of those things in fantasy football that it's, it's gaining a lot of steam lately, but you don't need to have two or three quarterbacks on your roster. If you only start one of them. Uh, in fact, you know, if you're in a 10 team or 12 team league, there's, so there's maybe 20 or 24 quarterbacks that are uh, rostered in your league at any given time, possibly less if it's a one quarterback league. And there are always, 20 24 ish guys that are are worth starting so uh, like ryan fitzpatrick i'm going to keep using that example way ranked over carson wentz this week um same with gardner Minshew that i mentioned earlier so full on move along from once not only is he not good this week they play pittsburgh next week and baltimore the week after so that is just like a murderer murderer's row of defenses i don't want anything to do with wentz for a while oh yeah and all his options are gone He's going to be throwing the ball to Greg Ward and Carson Wentz. Oh, Wentz. Uh, Greg Ward and Zach Ertz, maybe Miles Sanders. That's about it. Um, Matthew Stafford, and he's not nearly as bad. I'm not saying drop Matthew Stafford. You can play him, but look around, see if there's other options. I have him ranked as my quarterback 15 on the week. So if you're in a 12-team league, there's other quarterbacks I would rather start. He's only averaged 16.9 fantasy points per game so far. Uh, that's 19th among quarterbacks, so not great. Um, he wasn't much better with Kenny Galladay back last week. And I get it. I, st- I still like Galladay. And he was coming back from that hamstring, so maybe he gets a little more juice there. Uh, but the Lions offense as a whole has been bad. And against New Orleans, I mean, New Orleans does have a good defense. New Orleans isn't as high flying as it used to be. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, I think they're going to try to run the ball and control the ball a little bit since they're missing all their receiving options. So I just, I don't love Stafford this week. Now, same with the other side of the ball. I don't love Drew Brees in the same game. You know, <laughs> dump offs to Kamara can only get you so far. They actually did get him really far last year, last week. I think he finished as the quarterback nine, but you know, it's just no Michael Thomas, no Jared Cook. It's just, it's tough, a tough sell. I've got him ranked as my quarterback 17 on the week. So I, I don't want to start him if I don't have to. Some running backs that I am, I'm avoiding. And my number one on that list, I've got Antonio Gibson, who don't get me wrong here. I don't, I'm not dropping Gibson. He's one of my favorite stashes. Um, you know, the Washington football team going up against Baltimore, it might get ugly. Uh, it was kind of ugly last week for Washington. And uh, his snap percentage, Gibson, that is, it went back down to 40%. And I think it's going to be kind of up and down like that uh, until, you know, Washington gets a break in the schedule or maybe they get rolling a little bit. It doesn't help that Dwayne Haskins has been less than, less than good. Uh, Gibson only had nine carries last week, only three targets. He's a, a guy long-term I like a lot. Crazy good athlete, but if you follow fantasy football a lot, you probably have heard the fact that he had more or no, he had like 33 carries in college. You know, there are players that have that in games in college. So um, he's still learning the position. He you know, was a wide receiver for the longest time. So I do not want to start Gibson this week. 
Uh, Mike Davis, who I think you can start this week. Carolina Panthers running back, the guy that basically stepped into the quick, the Christian McCaffrey role and has done pretty well with it. I have him ranked as my running back 21 this week, which is fine. That's definitely somebody you want to start in fantasy football because, again, if you have 12 teams, there's at least 24 running backs that should be started every week. He's one of them. I'm not exactly expecting another uh, top 10 performance this week, but it's going to be usable. But the main reason I bring him up in this section is because if you can trade him away, you can get more for him right now than he will be worth a few weeks from now. So with all the running back injuries and uh, COVID cancellations, if you can find a team that needs a running back, so say you got Mike Davis and if you have him, you didn't draft him. You picked him up off waivers uh, when, when CMC got hurt. So you don't have this huge investment in him. And find the Derrick Henry uh, manager. The guy that's got Derrick Henry on his team, he doesn't have Derrick Henry this week. James Conner isn't there this week. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might not be there this week. That's questionable at this point. So if you can flip him, flip Mike Davis, and get any kind of usable piece uh, somebody that you can flex or that you know is going to be usable all year long. So like, let's say, uh, let's say James White, James White is one of those guys for the, the Patriots. That is, I know he was, he had a, that terrible family, um, family issue, you know, with his dad passing in that horrible accident. So he's been, he's been away from the team for a while, but he's coming back now. And James White is never hurt. He's always getting some a couple passes He's always getting a couple of carries. He's involved all the time. If you can trade Mike Davis for James White, that's a great deal because when CMC is back in two or three weeks, Mike Davis is going to have like no role at all. Uh, McCaffrey has always been one of those guys that he's not really in a committee. Mike Davis might not totally go away, but he's not a guy you're going to be able to play in your fantasy football lineups uh, two or three weeks from now. You, James James White, you will be able to. That's just an example, of course. So um, I had on my list here Rex Burkhead of guys that I, I don't trust. He blew up last week. But, uh, again, we have the whole COVID thing with the Patriots right now, so even more reason not to trust him. But even when that gets all sorted out, uh, James White, like I mentioned, is coming back. Sony Michelle has looked okay. And the Patriots have Damian Harris. If, uh, if you've heard the name, he was a – fairly high draft pick by the Patriots last year. He barely played. And then he was kind of the big talk of the off season in the Patriots camp. And then right before the season start, he injured, I believe it was his pinky finger and has been on that short-term IR. But that is for three weeks. This being the fourth week, he came back, he was practicing and uh, he's going to be in the mix too. So Rex Burkhead, if you got him and you played him last week, that's amazing. And you got a lot of points for him. I'm not trusting that again. Uh, some receivers that I don't like so much. Again, I have Edelman on here uh, because this was before. Uh, I had this list written up before the COVID news hit this morning. So, again, even more reason not to, to love Edelman. Uh, Cam's not going to be there. Even if they do play, Cam's not there. So it sounds like it's going to be Brian Hoyer. That's just that's very questionable there. And the Chiefs, they play the Chiefs. The Chiefs have given up the fewest fantasy points two wideouts this season. Uh, and it's actually not like a short-term thing. I mean, it's been three weeks this season, but they were one of the best defenses against wideouts last season too. So that's a tough matchup. Even if the game is played, Cam's not going to play. 
So Edelman's a guy that I do not want to start. Terry McLaurin for Washington. I just talked about that matchup, and he's another guy. McLaurin I will play. Don't get me wrong. He is somebody that has to almost be played every week. He's just too good, uh, too talented. But, man, there's not much talent around him. Dwayne Haskins, like I said, has not been good. So um, with the Ravens having some of the best corners in the NFL, uh, he's just it's, – it's tough. He's too good not to play, but he's my wide receiver 20 on the week. And if it was like a neutral matchup, he's always in that top 16, top 15. In a good matchup, he can be in the top 10. But this week, I've got him at wide receiver 20. Uh, so those are some wideouts I'm avoiding. Tight ends, they, he, there's no tight end you can avoid. Tight ends are so hard to – but one thing I'm going to say, so Austin Hooper has been – just brutal. I think he might actually be dealing with an injury now. I don't know, but he wasn't doing anything before that. So he, the, the Browns made him the highest paid uh, tight end in the off season. That's since been eclipsed since uh, Kittle and Kelsey got their contract extensions, but still Hooper got paid a lot of money and he's not really involved in the offense, which is weird. Uh, part of it, I think is the Browns just want to run the ball a lot, which makes sense with the running backs they have in Chubb uh, and Hunt. So, but the, the point here is I'm playing guys like Robert Tanyan, even good old Jimmy Graham. I'm playing those guys over Austin Hooper at this point. So that, that wraps up all the guys in the situations that I want to talk through. And I've been talking for about 45 minutes. So it's a you know, pretty decent length, but I'm definitely, if anybody wants to speak at this point or, you know, put something in the discussion tab, uh, let me know. We can we can talk some stuff out, or uh, you know, otherwise. Oh, what do we got here? Ethan would like to speak. Except, hey, what's up, Ethan? Hey, Aaron, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for thanks for. I'm in this like that's the shallower league that I'm in. I think it's only eight teams, and oh, okay. so I'm I'm fortunate enough that Gallup and Brown are like my fifth and sixth receivers. Um, which is great, but I have a more overarching question that I've gone back and forth on a lot. I've in, in the last couple of years, I've tended way more towards streaming defenses versus targeting one of the like top five defenses in the draft and just sort of locking in. And I wonder what your, what your usual preferred strategy is there i mean for me i'm usually going like week to week seeing okay you know who's who's playing the jets who's playing the giants who's playing the team with the injured quarterback things like that but i wonder if that if if that's the way to go or or if if you think you you should stick with one no i think that's like definitely the way to go so i don't have this in front of me but i i've seen a stat that came out somebody put it out uh, during sometime in August during the draft season. And it just, it said like they had a, this big study that the top fantasy defenses from year to year, like are not consistent. Like San Francisco was one of the best defenses in 2019 last year. And in 2018, they were like bottom half. It's just like, it's very rare for fantasy defenses to be predictable kind of was the point of it. And so what I do in the draft is first of all, I'm not drafting a defense until one of my last two picks. You know, I'm going to load up on bench running backs, bench receivers, 
those guys that are harder to get to come by. And I'm, I will look at the, the week one matchup. And if, you know, there's a team that we expect to be bad, I'm targeting whoever they're playing against. And I definitely like doing the, the week-to-week thing, the streaming, like you mentioned. And sometimes that can you can fall into a defense that you can play every week. I'm pretty sure the Patriots last year, who were just unbelievably good for fantasy during the first half of the season, I think they were like undrafted in a fair amount of fantasy drafts. If you pick them up, they were like the first half MVP of fantasy football as a defense, and they were free for a lot of people. Uh, so, yeah, I am a huge proponent of streaming defenses week to week. Like you mentioned, finding those those good matchups, um, you know, the Broncos, the Broncos defense uh, and the Jets defense for that matter, the, the, the teams that played Thursday, neither of those defenses were, you know, defenses that you think are going to shut teams down, but they both were playing bad quarterbacks and bad offenses. So, yeah, that is, that's my thought on it for sure. Definitely big on the streaming. Thank you. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I think, um, the other, the other question, an interesting question that I've been facing is I'm in a two QB league. Um, and I have an opportunity to actually, it involves one of the same players I had for one of my other, for my other question. I have an opportunity to, I have Jared Goff, I've got Dak Prescott and I've got Ben Roethlisberger. So I like, I like my three QBs for the two QB league, yep. but one of the other owners inexplicably, maybe because he was scared of the injury, I don't know, dropped John Brown. And I really don't have a lot of spots, other spots. I like my wide receivers. I like, I really like, I'm pretty deep at running back in that league. And I'm wondering, do you, in a two QB league, would you ever consider dropping a third QB for a, for a skill position player like that? Or or do you think having that third, that third solid QB in your back pocket is is something that I should hold? Yeah. So in a in a two quarterback league, it is so much more difficult to find. Like you know, I, I, short answer is yeah. I, I I prefer hanging on to three. It kind of depends on the league. So if it's if it's a twelve team league and a lot of players have two already, then it's, it gets real tough, or have three already, I should say, because then there's no other options out there. But if it's a 10-team, and basically if you look on the waivers before you drop your quarterback and you see, yeah, there's three or four other quarterbacks that like aren't as good as Roethlisberger, but, I mean, they're okay, then I'd be okay with it. So I guess it comes down to how, how hard it is to replace a quarterback in the league, just because there are, there's still bye weeks and you don't want to be put in just a terrible situation. If like uh, Jared Goff got hurt and all of a sudden you've got one quarterback that's healthy and there's nothing on the waivers. So I don't know if that helps answer the question. I know I'm a little wishy-washy there, but uh, yeah, I, I prefer to have three most of the time. Yeah. No, I think that is helpful. And that's, that's kind of where I was leaning, but um, you know, I just, you never know with those, with those wide receivers and John Brown, I love, but we'll see. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit skeptical of the, of the Josh Allen, um, of the sudden Josh Allen explosion. Um, So, 
I'll, I'll be curious to see what that Bills offense looks like in like week eight or something, um, yeah. if he's able to keep this up. So who knows? Cool. Yeah, the man, the Josh Allen thing. I I liked him a lot coming into the season, but I liked him because he was, you know, kind of like how Cam Newton used to be, where he would get his 150 to 200 passing yards, and then he'd get 50 yards and a touchdown on the ground. But he has been just slinging the ball. Like, I think he's one of the top, like, passing attempt quarterbacks, which is wild. Um, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, it will be very interesting to see if that is actually sustainable. Um, it's been against a couple, well, I believe he's played the Dolphins and the Jets, which isn't very impressive. But that Rams game last week, the Rams are a good defense. He, he did very impressive against them as well. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, listen, Aaron, thanks. Um, this, this has been great. Um, looking forward to more of these. And, uh, and thanks for answering my questions. Awesome. Anytime. Yeah. I, so this is my first time that I've, I've gone on uh, gone live here on Locker Room, but it's been awesome. I'm going to probably make this a every Saturday thing. So every Saturday at uh, 5 Eastern, five Eastern, I'll be on this. And, I might try to pick a few other times throughout the week to do this. It's been been very cool. Um, So, and I am on on Twitter at AA Larson for anyone that's listening. And I'll be, uh, you know, always, you know, follow me on there. I post stuff throughout the week and uh, the articles that I write and stuff like that get posted there. And just, I want to do a lot of fun fantasy factoids that maybe will help you make decisions throughout the week. So that's at AA Larson. And if I'm ever going to go live on here again, which, which I, you know, every Saturday, I think I want to do this. And then maybe some other times throughout the week, especially if you know, breaking stuff happens, I can come on here live if I'm, if I'm able. So follow me there. Um, I am, I think, going to take the recording of this and put it on my podcast feed as well. So um, hopefully some of you will find it there as well. But this has been really cool. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for everybody that's uh, listened. And I will uh, be back here next week and just watch to see if I come up at any other times. So thanks, everyone.